Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated PG 13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Previously on Wormwood, trapped inside the old Tibbert house, the unwitting guardian to the strange and unusual object, Dr. Xander Crow has come to realize that he is not alone. Someone hides in the shadows and the empty rooms, a figure unseen, hell bent to trick and taunt Dr. Crow. But now, an addiction is taking hold, and the maddening Crow finds himself uncomfortably drawn to the object. Against his efforts to escape the house and everything that haunts it. Of a drowned woman, Dr. Xander Crow has found himself trapped in the mysterious town of Wormwood, a prisoner within the old house atop the hill. Now, as secrets are revealed and horror becomes undeniable, sinister new shadows have begun to creep across this strange town, lost forever at the crossroads of darkness and fate. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 10 Thinning, Part 2. Written by Jeremy Rogers. Xander, wake up. Xander, I want to show you something. Something I brought back from the lake. Anything you want. But first, you have to tell me that you love me. <laughs> Come on, you know I can't do that. Oh, pretty please. I can make you like saying it to me. <laughs> you won't want to stop once you get a taste for it. <laughs> You're dead, Lamora, and your body was found、oh, ruptured on a muddy bank in the lake. And word from camp is that it was an unusually horrific scene. Even for this town, poor idiot Deputy Drexel perched his steaming hot Kopi Luwak out through his nose. Is tragedy worth all of the salty tears if it doesn't possess at least one real gut busting guffaw? There are pieces left, Xander, for us to have and to hold. <laughs> This just isn't how I see us working out, Lamora. You're not real. In the darkness. I can be. Fair enough. In that case, I suppose I'll just have to turn on. Lamora. Sid, you're gone. Pull of a lamp chain. How frightfully typical. Yet another boring haunted house trick. I am yawning here. <sighs> you woke me from a well earned. 
Drunken slumber. Are you this heartless to the finality of my single malt situation? I am out. I'm done. It's gone. And I'm never going to sleep again. You can retire this inept midnight hour succubus shtick back to your box of stupid tricks. Because you lack the conviction and the know-how to tempt me. My copy of the Malleus Maleficarum is first edition and autographed, don't you know? But I assume you've already left this room, leaving me to talk to myself. Kind of insulting. Out alone in the house, you and I, and one more. Oh, goody, you're communicating like only flesh and blood inspector can. My life as a situational comedy. Find out what happens when a seasoned occult detective is confined to a decrepit old house with a mentally handicapped spirit on the next episode of Where's That Retarded Ghost Now? Come on! Where are you hiding, you... Why are you bothering? Something for you to see downstairs. Of course there is. Huh? An unlit room and a locked door, I presume. Perhaps assault to my head. I'm kidding with anticipation. Find out who you are. Oops! Oh, that's not good. Deputy Drexel. Doc? Dr. Crow? You're awake. I thought you'd be passed out by now. Oh, and you're dressed like a 1960s-era cat burglar. Tell me, is there a utility belt to go along with those? Wait, are those suction cups for your hands? Hmm? Um, I'm off the clock. Of course you are. It's late and way past your curfew. But not off-duty. Don't tell me those raccoon indentations around your eyes were actually made by a mask. Doesn't matter, Dr. Crow. On the contrary, Deputy, it does matter. I don't need a mask. Uh, Okay, yeah, so I I tried one in front of the mirror. But I'm just a man, not a concept of justice. You came to that conclusion, did you? But still, I suppose... Irene Green was smitten with the mysterious danger of your masked hero makeover nonetheless. That's none of your damn business! You've broken into my house in the middle of the night. I could kill you. You could try, but I should warn you that... Shut up! I could kill you! What the hell are you doing here anyway, deputy? I get that you think I'm some varietal of criminal, and rest assured... I am, but in a vein that you will never tap into. I don't have to comprehend to know what you mean. You're a bad one, Doc, and even you know it. Yes, and? So, that's what I'm doing here. Making sure that I know that you know. Hmm? The body count has risen too high around Wormwood, Doc. Since you've been here, we're not dealing with heart attacks and cancer. No, everything's nastier, and I can't comprehend... What all this weird death is really about. You're right about that part. But I can't shrug it off like you can either. All of this carelessness for a human life? I don't ever want to be tolerant to bloody 
oozing horror. Well, Deputy, I feel for you, truly. I do. But I'm not the Boy Scout you think I am. I'm not going to stand idly by as you keep letting people die. Who have I let die? Hmm? Did you know that I grew up around Lamora Haskell? Our houses used to be side by... That's the point of your B&E tonight? The recent drowning? Don't tell me you had some kind of a crush on the girl next door. Have you had the same people in your life for as far back as you can remember? Well, I have. And I'm losing them. Everything I know. One person at a time. Listen, deputy. I already told you I am very sorry to hear about what happened to Lamora. It's true. And it's gross what the lake critters did to her. You have no idea. But you will. Talk to Pete Menno, why don't you? I told you he's the last person to have seen her alive. Go do that and leave me alone. Dr. Pete Menno is dead. What? Yeah. Heart attack? Cancer, perhaps? You're a monster. Yes, well, your embarrassing obligations to serve justice are just that. And, and... What are you looking for in my kitchen at midnight, anyway? Looking for... Don't you have any steak or fresh meat products? Whoa, wow. Why would I? You're gonna need some. For the blood. The blood? Okay, I don't quite get what you're insinuating. Besides, you know I can't leave this house, you moron. That said, if you're offering to drive to the market and pick up some steaks for me, I would be your best Buddy, if you could think to grab a bottle of whiskey or two while you're there. Turn around, Doc. Look behind you. I've brought you something from the lake. What did you say? Turn around, Crow. Look at the table. Well, I didn't get you anything, Deputy, but I've never been one to turn down what the bloody hell is there. Not the jar. It's what's inside it. The water is murky and there's all this... They say she was feasted upon by animals around the lake. Maybe it was a bear that tore open her stomach. Something fluttering about it. Oh, no. No, no, don't tell me this. This is the... I was out at the lake, alone, hunting for the creature. You were out hunting for this? No, the other creature. I was tracking the big one. I can see its tail curving as it swims against the edge of the jaw. Its skin is white like that of an octopus. It's pale white. That tail stretches three feet long, and there are curved bones, sharp like razors, tangled together like vines, just beneath the soft octopus flesh. That tail was twisted around her spilled intestine. Those sharp tendrils of bone were tight, cutting her, almost enough to slice free of her twisted guts, but not quite. Lamora, you're the one that found it. If it wasn't flopping in the mud... At the edge of the water, trying to get away. I would have missed finding her body. And you captured it. And, and told nobody. How, how could I? It was inside her, Doc. It was in Lamora's body. And it killed her to get out. The tapeworm. It's not a tapeworm! I think it likes you been nestled down the lake sludge at the bottom of the jar all day. I assumed it was hungry. Then I got to thinking. If this monster lived inside Lamora, it probably fed off her blood like other parasites. But why break into my house to ransack my kitchen for raw steak to feed it? 
You don't understand, Doc. The monster is yours. I'm giving it to you. Irina will want her jar back at some point, though. I don't think so. Listen, you're the expert on all the strange and unusual, so you like to say... Pack it up and ship it to a university. I'm not looking to classify some new kind of thing or get my name in some field guy or science journal. No. No, I- I'm sick of everyone in town dying. Like I said, I grew up here in Wormwood, and I just have to know what kind of enemy is threatening us. You're obsessed. Well... Oh my. Well, that's good. So, you'll study it? But not with this worm. Sorry, Deputy, we're not putting aside our conflict for the sake of the bigger picture. I'll bring whiskey with the raw steaks. I'll keep the jar here then. Fine, 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 fine. But no promises, understood? And if you're going to expect anything, then you should expect that anything to be nothing. You really are insensitive. Get out of the house! Give me back the key to the front door that you stole from some hiding spot out on the lawn. I'll keep it. You're still a killer in my journal, Doc. And you're still going to face justice sooner or later. So now we're talking out loud about that goofy justice journal of yours. Hmm? Really? Maybe. violent slug that was inside your body, that primordial worm, baby, and I'm sorry. I promised you, I know, but there was just not the time. There never seems to be enough time, not for me, as it likes to die in proximity. It's a fault, you see, of mine. Every kind, every variety of life exists by pattern and Blindly killing time is the tragically faulted pattern of mine. I am contagious entropy in the shell of a man, accelerated to the speed of light, falling away from the sun. Don't you see? This fallen star, it's proven too much for me. I can't think round it, Lamora. I can't see anything beyond the box. It's beaten me into submission. This pendant your mother gave to you, that you gave to me, I'm giving it back. And rejecting my promise to you. I can't help you, Lamora, so don't bother me. Don't haunt me, Lamora, please, don't. I shoulder no guilt. You can put your clothes on, baby. I'm done with you. 
tell me we're still playing this game? I am nowhere near the moon. Xander Crow. Doctor Xander Crow. I am indeed. And you are... Are you the ghost of the house? I am not dead. I am not a ghost, but a withered body. Addicted mind. Haven't I told you this? Once or twice, if I stop and strain to recall. Yes, okay. No, wait, I'm a blank. You have to hang yourself, Xander Crow, tonight. But in my defense, the announcement was typically followed by blunt force to the head. So, really, who's to blame for the confusion? You're not a ghost? I can see that, kind of, but whatever. There's no need to cry about it. I tell you, some ghosts are so sensitive. You're more annoying than Phineas Tibbert and his magic trick. You were around to taunt and torment the old man, were you? Well, wait, hold up, Sir Simon de Canterville. Did you say that I should hang myself? They say the noose feels right, offers the appropriate kind of pain... Francis Griffin understood. Given the time, we all pray to... Yes, we all die. We all poop, too. I know because I read a book about it when I was in doctor school. What you once were has already died. Lost before wood and granite came to construct the foundation for the shrine to the odd box you keep in the study. You're not making any sense. Hurry! With a body, addicted mind, you know of the odd box in this house, how it destroyed everything long before. You were its guardian. It was buried in the granite, locked away until it was unearthed by my hands and chisel. These pale, thin hands, it held mine, led me away. You can still turn away from it, Sander Crow. And you're the one who discovered the object in the quarry. Yes. You've been bound to it ever since that fateful day, essentially treating this house like a sidewalk running parallel to a methadone clinic, pacing back and forth early in the morning, waiting for the doors to open. I don't follow. Existing in whatever broken form you can cling to in order to remain close to the proximity. Is that about it? Your fate is the same as mine. So what is this, then? An intervention? You have to die, Xander Crow. They say the noose feels right, offers the appropriate kind of... You are so boring! It's always the same with you. Has anyone ever told you that before? Nobody is the same after the odd box is done with them. I found a rope in the cellar, long enough for both of us, strong enough to work. You really want to see me the odd box needs its privacy to be nothing like horror. Abandon it! And you're gone. Oh, what are you doing? Get go of me! God damn it, you're strong for the remnant of a man! I know what to do. This is the only way. Ah! Xander Crow. I take it back, you 
Send me out, not the ghost. I'm letting go of you now. Catch your balance, or you will fall off the chair. I can't breathe. What's... You've... There's a noose around my neck. Don't fall. Not yet. Wait for me. Fine. I suppose it's time. No reason to delay the inevitable. That's simply childish. Why not die here and now? I never was going to escape this house anymore. I never did. Already a withered body, an addicted mind. Both of us, one and the same. Why are you doing this now? Why are you helping me now instead of haunting me? The girl asked me to. To help you. She wanted to be taken from Wormwood. She wanted you to go. To... Lamora has. I tried to show you how to open the door, to see the other side of that magic trick Phineas Tibbert left for you to solve. Only the girl understood. This feels right. Offers the appropriate kind of pain. Francis Griffin understood. Given the time we all prayed to, you have to hang yourself, Xander Crow. Tonight! Yes. It sounds like a good idea. My name is Ellis Griffin. So very long ago, so many years wasted in this house, in this misguided temple. And now that old name doesn't belong to this world. Not to me, not to anyone's recollection. It's no longer the name of a man as it signifies nothing, faded to nothing at all. But there was a time when that name was attached to the prettiest girl in all of Wormwood. A girl who wanted to marry and to have children. A girl who wished for a simple house provided for by a man with a job. So that man took a job at his uncle's granite quarry. And that man... Stop! Everybody, everybody hold still! Hammers down! Something embedded in the granite. It's, it's, a, it's a box. I need a chisel! It's absolutely beautiful. These markings are ancient. Somebody fetch my uncle! We, we found something at the quarry! Tell him! And hurry! Hurry back with my uncle, Francis Griffin! This is extraordinary. How the box sits flush within the black granite, not in a hollow or crack, but precisely cut within the rock, as if it belongs. Hidden from the world in the darkness of granite, black and cold like outer space, such an old box. Waiting for it all, 
all these years, a, a, a millennia. My God, I am in your shadow. How strange an odd box, and yet how utterly beautiful. Can't keep my hands off of it. aren't that much of a ghost as I took you for, Mr. Griffin, which of course was never really all that much of one to begin with. But now's your chance to let loose and rattle some chains. Oh, what's that? Is that a shallow pool of blood I see spilling beneath your hanging feet? Wait! This'll do the trick! So damaged. Okay, okay. Not to put too fine a point on it, but I don't see any subtle way to dance around this one. Your mother, she's gone and gone for good. Obviously, you know this, and you. I know you're sorry, like me, but it's down to the two of us now, and so I want you to know that your violent, gut swelling emancipation doesn't taint how I perceive you. No. Not in the least, you see, my little worm baby. I'm going to take care of it. <laughs> Cute. Oh, right, silly me, you look absolutely famished. All I have is just a tasty bucket of vintage morsels to satiate you. I hope you like your blood feast aged like a fine wine. No, 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 slow down, save it, save it. There's not much life milk out of this idiot horn. Fuzzy, like tension, propulsive, propulsive, and sexual. Mm, I can catalogue this sensation until I'm in the grave. The only point of interest that matters is how I've missed it so much. It's the love of my life. It's unabashedly beautiful. 
Oh, if I could rid my body of skin, I would in an instant forgo hesitation and jump straight into fervor. For you, my itch. I'd claw away at my fish like fingers through warm clay and drizzle down into a puddle, tickling out the remnants of a lost heartbeat with the patter of each drop of viscera upon your ornate lid. To ooze beyond the spatial gaps of your cold metal hinges and into the dark intersection of your ancient petrified wood. To drown you with sweet adoration and to slosh eternally in the shadows of your prison. Our home. You and me. Sheltered by these scriptures of madness etched into a white picket. I've missed you so very much. Why don't you talk to me anymore? Ah, there you are. Yes, indeed. We're all alone. Crossroads is produced and distributed by Habit Forming Films, LLC, and features the cast of Season 2 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Perozzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Nicole Rayburn as Harmony Barrister and Nurse Wendy, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Tom Bradley, Cedric Bloomington and Don Marino, Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley, Peggy Nolan, and Commander McQueen. Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno. Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details and Jonesy. Dave Johnston as Wayne Drexel, Jonathan Kidder, and Dale Lighthouse. Ben Boodman as Chip Drexel, Mr. Carrefour, and Bishop Grail. Robert W. Allen as Special Agent Wojtek. Joy Venides as Sister George. Zachary Folks as Brent Saunders. Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan, Coralie Nickars as Deidre Frost and Emily Saunders, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Bob Gildenstern, and your announcer. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. The Wormwood writing staff includes David Acampo, Jeremy Rogers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Allspaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta Jr., Wormwood created by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Copyright 2008, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast drama and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast, creators, and individual episode credits, please visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy as Lothar Tuppen brings you Wednesday Wonders. 
Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio, or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast player. And thank you for listening, everybody. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.